thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Uh, hey, grab your Bible. Ephesians chapter 4. If you're new here or hadn't been in a while or maybe your first time, we are in a series called Put Off, Put On. Put Off, Put On. There is stuff in our lives that we absolutely need to put off. Just put them off. And there's stuff in the Word that should be in our lives that need to be put on. Okay? And so what we're looking at is we're going through the gospel, and we're looking at what Paul is calling put off, put on, but he's looking at some things that he's writing to the churches, and he's writing to believers that need to be put off and need to be put on. Okay? And I want to back up a little bit and read verse 22 23 and 24 to kind of set the table, and then we're going to jump to 28 this morning. 22, Ephesians 4, 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now jump to 28. This is our text today. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Now some of you are sitting here going, whoo. I'm good today. I don't steal gum. I hadn't stolen a Slim Jim from the Pack-A-Sack in years. Well, your trophy is in the mail. But here's the deal. I know and you know that he's writing this to the churches, and this one, Ephesus, and he's writing it to believers. And you and I both know that this is much bigger than a Slim Jim or a pack of gum. I want you to see how he says it. I don't want you to steal. I want you to work. I want you to do something with your hands. And I want you to catch the last part of 28. That he may be able to have something to share with those in need. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Because very few of us, if we walked in the pack of sack and we were going to steal a Slim Jim, were we doing that to give to somebody else? You'd eat yourself, wouldn't you? So we know that this is much broader than theft. Okay? Two areas that I want to look at this morning. And I, and I, and I want to do this very delicately because I understand I truly understand that this is in the kitchen today, okay? But I want you to understand something. I, as your pastor, do this in all the love that I can muster, okay? I think Paul is trying to warn us as a church and as a little church that we got to stop stealing. And here are the two areas. Number one, from God. From God. You say, well, what am I stealing from God? Well, Psalms says to let everything, everything 
that has breath, praise the Lord. I'll ask you again, did everything that had breath today in this room, under this roof, praise the Lord? Did I give everything that I could muster in my gut because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, because he went to Calvary and I didn't have to, did I, as a blessed American Texan, walk into an air-conditioned worship center with people I know and love on a full tummy with a fresh cup of coffee and give everything to the one who gave everything for me? If you don't know that answer, then most likely you didn't give it. Because if you ever had a young man come off to the sideline as a coach and say, son, are you giving me every ounce of energy, everything in your gut on every play? And if there is any moment of silence and hesitation, you will know that fact that that son, that that kid's got more to give than he's given. And you turn him around and you say, never come to this sideline feeling this way again. Go. In worship, he says, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. If we don't give it to him, we're stealing it. We're stealing it. We're taking what we think is ours and not giving it to the one who created us and bore everything for us. We were made for worship, my friends. We're just practicing on this dirt ball and this earth suit because in eternity, that's all we're going to do. And all the people like me that can't sing a lick that sings words, I, I say words that's not even in the song, and my sweet, beautiful wife will lean over to me and say, baby, that's not even in this song. <laughs> and I say, I know, honey, I'm just worshiping. I don't even know what I'm singing. It may be a cartoon, but it's to the king today. I'm just worshiping. It'll make sense to him. It's from my heart. It's messed up in my head, so I don't sing from there. I sing from my heart. Man, let everything. That has breath, praise the Lord. And he says, my children, listen to me. I've created rocks, and if you're not going to do it, I'm about to embarrass you because I'm going to make a rock sing in your place. Don't make me make a rock sing in your place because that rock don't get heaven. It doesn't get heaven. It won't spend eternity with me. It's never been redeemed. All it gets is wind and blizzards and heat. That's all it gets. But you are my child. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Don't steal from him. Don't steal from him. Secondly, and again, I go here in love. Malachi, you're understanding just a second. Malachi, if some of you are going, ooh, Malachi. Matthew, first book of New Testament. Go to the little bit to the left. It's the last book in the Old Testament. Some of you are like, wow, I'm the man. I found Malachi. Okay? Can't spell it, but I found it. All right? Malachi. All right? I know we don't go to the miners much, but the miners are deep. So we're going there today. Go to Malachi. And when you get there, you're already going to get a little uncomfortable in your seat. But understand, your pastor loves you. I'm going to say it over and over again. I love you. Okay? I love you. Let's go to verse uh, 8, Malachi, Malachi 3, 
Some of you may not nervous as you will be now because I didn't tell you the chapter. Now you're going to be real nervous. Okay, Malachi 3, look at verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yeah, you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes, in offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into my storehouse, that there may be food in the house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will have no room, not enough room for it. Now listen to me. Test me in this is only put in Scripture here. See if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour them out on you. You say, well, why in the world would we steal our praise from the king? How does that fit your text you just read? Let me say something to you, backing up just a little bit, and then I want to run forward. When we don't praise, when we don't praise, when we decide we're not going to praise, can I just tell you there are people that walk into the house that need us to praise so they can start praising. And when we hold out, they hold out. I'm going to tell you, the pastor needs your praise because 52 Sundays a year, i got to do this. And I love it, but 52 Sundays a year, the enemy doesn't want me to do it. And your praise as the people of God inspired me. I'm going to tell you, worship pastors, Karen Paxton, the band, they need our praise. It says, so that we might have something to give to those in need. You give your praise, and people who need to join in praise will be inspired to begin to praise. Scripture says in Malachi, do not hold back from God the tithes and offering. Do not kink the water hose of blessing. Don't. Don't, don't cut off the hose, man. He says, I'll throw back the floodgates of heaven, and I will pour out more than you could ever think or imagine in your life. Because people who give understand how beautiful it is to give back. When you give to God, and he opens the floodgates of heaven, and he pours his blessing on you, guess what? You're drowned in the blessing of God. You're drowned in the overflow of God. And you see need, and you meet need. Why? Because you gave, and he flooded you. And because of the overflow in your life, you're able to meet needs. People that do not Open the floodgates. When God can't, when they don't, when they, when they kink the hose, when they cut off the fire hose, and they're not being faithful and giving, when God shuts it down on them, they don't have enough. They, they, they don't think they're going to make it, so they, 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 they tuck in. Man, when you don't have enough, give more. Because the way to get out of poverty is giving. You give, 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 and God a poor, I'm telling you, he will flood you with blessings. Flood you with blessing. And I'm not talking about your checking account always. I'm not talking about that. Now, he'll do it there. But, my friends, God's blessings in our lives and the floodgate from heaven is not just a monetary thing. Oh, my goodness. 
Don't, don't confuse that. Because, see, I walk in here every Sunday, and I'm absolutely blessed. And we do not have people walking around like that guy on that, that commercial for Geico with money taped to him. I'm not walking behind him catching all the money falling off you. That's not why I'm happy to be in here. I'm happy to be in here because God is blessing me so much through this. I'm blessed to be in here, man. A couple of weeks ago when we burned that note and we paid off the debt, why did that happen? Because we've been faithful as a people. Folks, I'm talking to people who already give, who already are faithfully giving. I'm not saying this from a bad, I'm not saying I'm getting on to you as a pastor. I'm telling you right now, if you're not already faithfully committed in the game of giving here, please join us. Because God is taking what you're doing and multiplying that in thousands of ways you can't even imagine. I mean, in March, we sat around as a finance committee, and we had so much in the overflow, we just simply picked three ministries, three mission ministries, and gave $30,000 away, 10 to each one of them. Well, they say, well, they're in the budget. Mm-mm. They're in the budget, but not like that. They're in the budget. We already get, we're giving them what we're in the budget. This is just over and above. Because your faithfulness, he's faithful. And what happens is when you give, he opens the floodgates in your life, and you're able just to, I mean, bask in his bountiful blessings. And because you're basking in that, you have so much, and you see need, and you're able to meet it. When you're not giving, you're not under the floodgate, you don't see the need, and you don't even give. Don't do that. Don't steal from God. God says, just bring the tithe to my house. A tenth. A tenth. It's all he wants. You get 90. That's beautiful. I mean, that's like playing basketball to 100, and you start with 10. I mean, God starts with 10, and you get, you get 90. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm close. I'm already almost there. He's telling you, man, just you give to me, and I'll make that 10% that I'll do more of that than you could ever think or imagine. And you say, well, God, I can't even make it on 100% right now. How am I going to make it on 90%? Y'all, you just watch. You just watch. I'm going to tell you, man, you'll sit there and do your checkbook and write your bills, and you'll start crying and weeping over the numbers that has no idea how that number made. That, that, That math doesn't even make sense. Because God does not do man math, he does God math. And if you hadn't partnered with God and watched him do God math, you need to sit with God and watch him do God math. It does not make any sense, okay? None, okay? Malachi says, don't rob God. Don't steal from God. You give God what is God's, what's what's his. And he will take what you give to him. He will multiply that. Oh, my gosh, he'll multiply that. God is ready with a fire hose of blessing to fire it at your family. And he wants to do that. If you're faithful, he'll fire hose you with blessing, man. Too many you can even number. So don't steal from God. Last is this. Areas we steal from God, number one was God. Number two, church. Number two, church. You say, well, how in the world am I stealing from church? Now, what I'm going to read to you, I did not say. I, this, this quote is not mine, okay? I'm reading a quote from a pastor, but I didn't say this. So I don't want anybody going, where does he live at? Because I'm about to throw something in his house. I didn't say this, okay? But I want you to hear this, okay? 
This was said on a Sunday morning. This church has six services, very large church, in the Metroplex. You know it's not us, okay? There's no Metroplex in Bushland, okay? All right? So I didn't say this. And this is what he says from the pulpit. For those of you who come here every week thinking attendance makes you good with God, you're wrong. Some of you are driving from other sides of the Metroplex and are not really connected to the church at all. If you're just coming here, not involved in small groups, not serving in the nursery, parking, ushering, if you're just here to hear the band, listen to me talk, go somewhere else. You're a leech. And quite frankly, we could use your seat. Now, <laughs> see how good a pastor y'all got? I'm just telling you, I'm not sure you can say that in love. Now, he may have <laughs> said it was coming in love. That didn't feel like love. That didn't feel like love when I read his quote, all right? You're a leech. Please go somewhere else. We need your seat. Now, understand something and hear my heart. The church is a body. It's a family, and we all have a part to play. We do. And the greatest gift you can give yourself is to get involved in the body. It's the greatest gift you can give yourself. And it doesn't have to be huge by any stretch of the imagination. When you walked in here, there was a chair for some of you, some of you couldn't find the chair. But for some, most of you, when you walked in here, there was a chair waiting on you. It was just waiting on you. All you had to do is just pick it out and sit in it. At 8 o'clock this morning, that chair where you're sitting didn't exist. It just wasn't there. At 10.15, we started worship. It was waiting on you. At 10.45, I started the message. It was waiting on you. When you took your children to the nursery, those folks were waiting on you. Children's church was waiting on you. Bulletins were folded and waiting on you. The church, as God has set it up, is an absolute, beautiful, incredible creation. God in his sovereignty how he thought out his kingdom with church is beyond me. He picked us, messed up, broken pieces, and he said, I'm entrusting my kingdom that I'm coming back to get to them. That's When I look at you and you look at me, you're like, what? I mean, he could have just supernaturally Boom, did all this in us and, and took us out of the equation. But he didn't. He, he put us in it. And it's gorgeous. And sometimes on Wednesday nights, I just sit back and I watch it. Now, you guys are walking in here and you think, this is just chaos. That's all it is. It's just chaos. People everywhere. 
Parking lot, a zoo, place a zoo. I, I, it's just crazy in here. But there's order to every bit of it. And it's beautiful. And everybody's doing their part. And if you listen real closely, you can hear the music of heaven. It's the instruments that are being played. The rhythm of the kingdom. And every Wednesday and every Sunday, you just hear the rhythm of heaven. And every Wednesday and every Sunday, we just do our deal. And God does his. We do the best we can with what we got. But he did it through church. And sometimes, my friends, we're guilty of just coming and sitting and soaking. And that may be you today. And I believe beyond all my, I believe that there are seasons in our lives where we need to come and sit and soak. There is. But my friends, true in this body of mine is the same truth as in the body of Christ. If I sit and soak too long, I get fat. Okay? The body of Christ, if we as a church come and sit and soak too long, we get fat. And true about me and true about the body of Christ, here's what can happen. I can get lazy. I can start making excuses. Okay? And I can become very unhappy. You show me a church full of people that for years and years and years and years just sit and soak. I'll show you a church that is lazy that makes excuses why people aren't saved, makes excuses why they're not growing, and I'll show you a group of people that are very unhappy. You know what's wrong with church today? Nothing. Except that too many people in church sit and soak. My friends, I've never heard much complaining at all from the people who serve in the church. But I hear a whole lot of complaining from people that sit and soak in church. Now, I want you to say, I'm, I'm not this Metroplex guy, but I'm going to tell you, the quickest way to get happy in church is to get up. Is to get up. And get in those small groups, those small groups, work in that nursery, work in children, work in children's church, work in Zone 56, work in youth, set up a chair, pick up an offering envelope, pick up. Uh, bulletin and hand it out, get a snow shovel when it starts snowing, and shovel sidewalks. You know what shoveling snow does for you as a child of the king and a part of the church? Woo! Next time somebody says, well, I don't know why we have to park all the way out there and walk that far. They ought to have a golf cart for us or something. Excuse me, I'm out here in January shoveling snow. You can walk up this sidewalk. Next time I just leave that snow on that sidewalk, and you can walk from back in and fall down. Right? It changes everything when you start putting sweat into your church. Changes everything. I'm telling you. You watch people that serve in the church. You get somebody that's barked about the church for years, they start serving, and the next time there was somebody that starts barking, oh Lord help. <laughs> somebody better get some band-aids out because there's about to be some cutting going on, because they ain't gonna have it. Why are you talking about that? You don't do anything. Oh, you just come in here and get your latte. You sit down. You worship. I don't like this song. I'm not singing it. Oh, I like this song. I sing this song. 
I don't like that song. I'm not singing that song. Excuse me. I needed that song you didn't sing. That's what I needed. I didn't want you to sit by me because I had a terrible week. But God set me by you that Sunday. And you didn't sing that song because you stole that praise from the king. You stole it. And you didn't sing. And because you didn't praise, you didn't have anything to give to those in need. And I needed that song. And I needed you to hear I needed to hear you sing it. And you didn't sing it. Why? You didn't like that song. We didn't sing that song for you. We didn't pick it out for you. We didn't hang your poster on a wall and go, mm, we better pick that song because they're coming. We don't know who's coming. We sing the song for him. The quickest way to get happy in church is to get active in church, in every facet of church. And if all you can do right now to get active in church is to not steal from God from tithe, just tithe. Because I'm going to tell you something. A person with skin in the game not going to gripe about the team in the game. I promise you. You get a parent on Friday night sitting in those stands, they're not going to dog that team. No way. You get a person that's putting their name on a check and giving it to this church, they may not like 100% of everything that goes on, but they're absolutely standing in awe about what God's doing. They'll say, you know what? That's a sweet place. That's a sweet place. And I mean, that's my church right there. That's not the church I go to. That's my church. My church. I got skin in the game. Skin in the game. Famous speech given one time. And I think it could be said in the church too. Ask not what your church can do for you, but ask what you can do for your church. That'll be asked every time we walk in that door. Every time. I'm walking into my church. I'm not asking what my church can do for me. Mm-mm. I'm asking what I can do for my church. Just think what power every one of us would have. Just think what power this place would have. If all of us walked into this house every Sunday, Wednesday, and said, mm, not what my church can do for me today. But what can I do for my church? What can I do for my church? Because when you do it for your church, you ultimately do it for your Jesus, who did it all for you, my friend, who did it all for you. Today, we're going to put off stealing, and we're going to put on giving. You never outgive God. He says, test me. Just test me. Only time in Scripture ever says it. Just go ahead and test me. You think you can't pay next month's bill if you write this check to the church? You just write this check and you test me and you watch this. You just watch this. Don't steal your praise. Don't steal your tithe. Okay? And don't steal from the church. God's Word says that He's arranged every piece, every part of the church. And it's all arranged just as He wants. If you're coming here and this is your house and you can't quite find a place to jump in, just, just do something. Just say, man, I'll shovel snow, I'll pass out bulletins, I'll take out trash, I'll do whatever. I, I'm gonna, all I do is just go to worship. So my next move is getting in a life group. That's, that's, that's movement. That's movement, my friend. Because when you move, 
It blesses you, and it blesses others. It blesses others. As we move to a time of invitation, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Jesus says, don't steal. Don't steal. Do something with your hands so that you will have something to bless others with today. What are you stealing? Are you stealing? And if you are, stop. 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 Because when you give, mm, boy, you're going to be blessed. This morning, you may be looking for a church. I'm a little biased, but I'm going to tell you this is a great place. I invite you to come this morning. If you've been visiting for a while, looking for a church home, come this morning. If you say, I, I came this morning, this whole message is not about salvation, but I'm going to tell you, I need to get saved. I want to meet Jesus for the first time in my life. You can come this morning. Maybe you need to come and get baptized. Maybe you need to come to the altar. But whatever you, whatever God has spoken into you, here's what I want to encourage you. On the other side of obedience is always blessing. But if we don't go, when he says go, we steal. We steal. He wants to bless you out of your obedience. Let him bless you. Let him, let him do it. But don't steal it from him. Don't steal it from him. Come this morning and be blessed. Let's pray. Father, this morning, man, you're a great and awesome God. And we love you. And Father, during this invitation time, I pray you move us. You have spoken this morning. And I pray, Father, that we, out of obedience to the Spirit of God, will bless ourselves doing what you said. So God, during this invitation time, your invitation time, be blessed. Be blessed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.